Manhattan Bank has been serving the Gallatin Valley since 1905. Started by local farmers in order to help grow the agriculture industry, Manhattan Bank has since grown into a full-service bank serving the entire valley. With branches in Manhattan, Churchill, Three Forks, and Bozeman, you're never far from your local bank. As banks are consolidating and changing, Manhattan Bank sets themselves apart through consistency and a small-town banking feel. Come see why we have been in the valley for well over 100 years. Stop by the new building in Bozeman, see Justin Skillman and Tyler Dosher for your business banking, and Brad Whitmer for your home loans. Go Cats! Member FDIC. Welcome everybody to the R&R CatCast, a fan-based podcast focusing on Montana State athletes. We're two dudes named Ryan from the state of Washington talking about our dear Montana State. We hope you enjoy. Alright, welcome back Bobcat fans. Thanks for joining us on another episode of the R&R CatCast. I'm one of your hosts, Ryan Foley. He's your bearded host, Ryan Thornburg. We are the Ryans of the R&R, the Montana State affiliate of the Big Sky Podcast Network. And we have an awesome sponsor, our Dank Bank and Manhattan Bank, taking care of all your banking needs for locations in the Gallatin County, Bozeman, Churchill, Manhattan, and Three Forks, a bank for the people, by the people, as I like to say. Happy to have those guys on as our corporate sponsor this year. Been awesome supporters of the the R&R, but uh, Thorny? Basketball's over, man. Basketball's over. It's a it's a bummer. It was a great ride, though, and I'm a, you know it'll be fun to talk about the season that was and the the bid, the upset bid that wasn't to be. But yeah, basketball's over. But it's crazy. We're already into football season almost because Brent Vegan had a press conference today. We're not here to talk about football, but it's just crazy how fast. It's what happens when you play into March. All of a sudden, it's a football spring season ready to go. It's vegan season, <laughs> as vegan I said, season. as I came on tonight. Um, I was teaching first period today, and there was this kid, I'm not going to name any names, but uh, he lingered after first period, and he goes, nice podcast, Mr. Foley. <laughs> I was like, That's you all listen? He goes, uh, yeah, and then he walked out the door, and then uh, a couple periods later, we're doing like some check-ins over the weekend, and this one kid goes, "I found Mr. Foley's podcast. It's called the R&R Cat Cast." <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, You've been yeah, outed." Well, <laughs> there it is. There it is. And so <laughs> I go, "Well, unless you it's really want to listen to two guys talk about Montana State athletics, you're not going to like it all that much." <laughs> but I think I had a group, a couple group of boys who were kind of seeking out the old R&R this weekend, and they were they had some pretty uh, crap-eating grins on their face when they told me the, <laughs> today. <laughs> it was cool. Hello, guys. Shout out to those guys in. if they're listening. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, go easy on Mr. Foley, would you? <laughs> yeah, I told my son, I was like, yeah, I'm going to eat a bed a little bit early tonight because I got to go do my podcast. He's like, what do you podcast? Like, what do you talk about? Or like, what do you do for your podcast? He doesn't even know what a podcast is. He's six. Yeah. I was like, oh, we just talk about Montana State. And he like just looks at me. He's like, that sounds boring. And I was like, well, <laughs> honestly, for 99.9% of the population, it is probably extremely boring. 
and probably even for some of the target demographic Bobcat fans, it is also still pretty boring. So yeah, buddy, it's boring. I have fun doing it though. That's all that really matters is you and I have fun hopping on here. And uh, it was fun doing the live watch parties too. We did those on playback.tv for the semifinal, the final, and the conference tournaments. And then we did the the Kansas State game. And that was pretty fun. That was a different experience. And it's actually kind of weird transitioning back to the podcast format because watching the game, like the content is happening for us. All you have to do is like be fans, watch a game and talk about the game that we're watching. It's, it's a lot easier. There's less pressure to talk during downtimes. Like the stuff's happening for you. You can just be quiet and watch basketball for a minute. So a little bit different transitioning back to the podcast format. I did like the chat feature. I thought that was really fun and it just gave us a, another layer of interactivity with our fans. And that's the, probably the best part for me. Yeah, no, that's, ex- it went exactly how I was hoping it would. Some uh, people chiming in, we invited a few people onto the quote stage and they got their mic on and talked with us for a little bit during one of the, one of the games. It was fun. So if people like that, if that's something they want to see, we can uh, maybe dust it off for football season for a game or two, but uh, we'll see. Okay. Well, we're going to start by going, what's in our golden coolies? It's back. It's back. What's in your <laughs> golden coolie? I finally got around to putting the, the file back on the sound pad. I got the new Belgium triple, the Belgian style ale. Good old new Belgium makers of fat tire, right? Pretty sure. Aren't triples kind of heavy that, beers, yeah. like high alcohol? Yeah, it's 8.5%. It's really good. <laughs> like, I, I actually really like this beer. It's very, uh, it's crisp. It's not bitter. I don't know. I'm enjoying it. And the fact that, yeah, 8.5% beer doesn't doesn't hurt anything either. <laughs> it doesn't taste like that. Some beer? beers that are like that high start tasting very like kind of alcoholic or kind of just, you know, but but different. This one is still, t- doesn't taste like you're drinking that high a percentage, which is a dangerous combo, but it's really good. Yeah. Yeah. That is a dangerous combo. The boozy beers that are not boozy. Watch out. <laughs> All right. Thorny, I have one that I've featured before. It's uh, from here. It's Spokane Porch Glow Amber Ale from No Lie. Got a six year of that this weekend. It's like one of the ones my wife and I really kind of agree on, and uh, it's grilling season, man. So we uh, dusted off the grill, got the cover off, you know. It was like mid-50s for the first time over here. Saw that weird thing in the sky that glows, and it made you feel all nice and warm inside, you kinda know. Want to hiss at it at this point? Because like, what is that? <laughs> 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 so got some uh, grilling beers, and that's that was what... I have in my fridge. It's good stuff. Good classic. Good kick, kick off to the summer beer. I haven't done any grilling yet. Excited to fire that up though, because it is finally, finally getting into good weather, man. But uh, yeah, nothing else to say. Look at this. I'm a little, a little awkward on this format. Back in the podcast. Yeah. Back on the saddle. <laughs> is, rambling a little a bit. bit. We have to it's figure out tricky. what to say. <laughs> we don't have yeah. the game to just rely on, just to pause and. We're Capture driving the narrative right now, and right now it's just kind of driving all over the road. <laughs> it's, <laughs> uh, it's a little bit shaky fully. right now. Okay, well, let's just appreciate 
Montana State right now. So I'm going to pop into ESPN and just take a look at how good the Montana State Bobcats did. We had a banner season as far as wins go. We were 25-10 and 10 overall. We had 15 conference wins. Uh, we came in second in the league to Eastern Washington, who had 16 conference wins. Eastern Washington just lost yesterday as we record this on a Monday. They lost to Oklahoma State, down in Oklahoma State in the second round of the NIT. So good showing for them. But uh, yeah, they lost three They lost three down the road before uh, getting into the NIT. Montana State was one of those losses. But this isn't about the Eagles. This is about the Bobcats. So 25 and 10. Two years in a row, 20, 20 win seasons. That's got to be some applause right there. I actually think it's uh, two years in a row, 25 win seasons, if I heard correctly. I thought I saw that stat somewhere. Really? I think last year, yeah, let me let me pull it up real quick. Because you said that, I'm like, oh, yeah, I think last year was the same. So, like, last year, 27 wins. We were 27 wow. and 8 last year. So, nice. Crazy. Uh so two, yeah, two 25 plus win seasons in a row, just un- unbelievable. 52 wins over a two year span for Danny Sprinkle and the Bobcats. So something to absolutely applaud a double sweep of the Grizz this year in both men's and women's basketball. First time since what, 1999, I believe. And I think Sprinkle got him once last year. So it's like three of the last four against the Grizz after Losing like what seventeen of the previous eighteen, something just ridiculous. Yeah, it was. Yes, when it was, it just felt good to continue that um, dominance of Montana in like pretty much every single sport. There wasn't very many sports that they beat us in this this year. It was kind of crazy. They, I think they took the volleyball games a game or two. I'm not sure they swept us in volleyball. They might. They may have. But we beat them in like literally everything else. And basketball was a big statement this year for both programs again. So pretty, pretty awesome going 5-0 and in the major sports, football, men's basketball, and women's basketball against the greatest. So banner year again in Bobcat athletics and especially for uh, men's basketball who, you know, competed a lot better this time around against in the, in the March Madness in their, in their game. Absolutely. When we were going to school in the early 2000s, just feels like role reversal with the athletic programs for Montana State in the University of Montana. Applaud to applause to Leon Castello, Wadid Cruzado. I mean everybody over there in the athletic department. It's for like for like a fan, an alumni like me, it just makes me really proud. Like I am an extremely proud Bobcat in just what seeing what our university is doing year in and year out. It just feels like it's getting better and more refined every year. I think, Ryan, I know I say it often, I think we're going to be going to bigger things. I don't know. <laughs> Can we get out of the big sky? I don't know. But uh, it's got to I mean, be talked We're definitely about, postured for it probably better than we ever have been. It just feels like the level of success right now uh, is sustainable. Now, maybe we're not going to go dancing every year. Maybe we won't go to the semifinals or the national championship game every year. But it seems like... It's hard to imagine any of the programs slipping back into that middle of the pack, big sky zone right now. And that's such a good feeling to have, not having to worry about 
you know, are the cats going to go 15 and 15 or 14 and 16 next year in basketball or six and five or five and six in football? It just doesn't seem like that's even like in the realm of possibility. And it, I, I can't imagine that being anywhere in the foreseeable future. And, you know, if Sprinkle leaves, if ends up leaving and taking some players with them, we could have some rebuilding there and that could be challenging. But right now like, we're in a great place and it, it was a great year. And before we even talk about the ending of the basketball season, it was good to acknowledge what a good year it was and where we are as a program and, and as a university and an athletic department. You covered a lot right there. <laughs> That's what I do. Yeah, but it's, it's good. It's a good time to be a Bobcat. I know you put in our notes. It's like the golden era a Bobcat basketball, I would agree with that. At least from my lifetime, it has been. It is, yep, absolutely. No better time for us as Bobcat fans, that's for sure. All right. Well, let's talk about the game in Greensboro against Kansas State. Montana State earned a 14 seed, and Kansas State came in as a three seed in the Big 12, which is arguably the best conference in the United States. So that's... uh. That's going to be a tall task to even stay close to them. Montana State came into the game eight and a half point underdogs. We left with a 12 point deficit. That said, an improvement from last year over a 35 point deficit to Texas Tech. Um, so, I mean, there's some, there's some growth right there. And Montana State certainly had its opportunities to stay in this game. We missed, you know, some quite a few threes. We'll get into some stats here, but just from a broad perspective, Montana State could have made some more free throws. Could have made some more three-pointers. We had some really clean looks, and we weren't hitting those. We knew we were going to have to hit those in order to stay competitive in this game. And uh, it just didn't happen. It was kind of frustrating, but to come away with only a 12-point loss, given that. And since then, Kansas State has gone on to beat, oh, who did they knock off? Kentucky. Yeah, Kentucky. So Kentucky. Um, I mean, Kansas State's no slouch. Uh, we'll get into a couple of their players who are some big-time players. Very proud of the cats. Raekwon Battle looked all of the all of it. I mean, he is an absolute stud. We'll get into him, and I thought some other players, great Osborne and and Darius Brown had had good games as well. Well, speaking of saying a lot, you just said a lot right there, man. I want to start at the beginning though. A uh, question before we even start breaking down anything: Do you what do you feel about the cats getting the fourteen seed? Do you think that was deserved? Were you surprised? Well, I was surprised in, to be in the East. That was one thing I was really surprised. When, when they went through the West, I thought we were going to be playing in Denver against either UCLA or Gonzaga. And I was hoping for the Zags, even though I thought we would probably lose that game, but that would have meant we would have been a 14 seed. I didn't think we were going to get a 13. I didn't think we were going to get a 16. I knew that for sure. I thought we were yep. going to get a 15 seed just with the fact that Kind of the Big Sky was kind of a down conference this year, at least in our perspectives. But uh, I think the recency of Montana State going back to back kind of helped us get that 14 seed. But looking at it now, I think, you know, in hindsight, probably aptly, aptly uh, rated there, or not rated, but uh, seeded there. It's kind of crazy. You look back at last season to think how good the Cats were heading into the tournament and the big the big dance and got a 14 seed last year and everyone this year the narrative was like the base guy is down the bobcats maybe aren't as good and but if you looked at the metrics the big sky had a better net rating than it did last year it was a higher rated conference and the bobcats actually had a higher net rating 
than they did last year. So I was pounding pounding it in the Big Sky Conference Podcast Network chat. Like the cats are going to be a 14 seed guys. Like the, the, the analytics all point to this because <laughs> a lot of them were saying like a four, 15 seed, hopefully not a 16 seed. And I was like, I, I just don't see that. The, the metrics don't say that. And so I think it's right where I thought the cats would be. It's, it's frustrating to think back that if we hold on against grand Canyon, which we had like, what we were up like double digits in that game. The very first game yeah. of the season against grand Canyon, we slip at Idaho. And then we go on that three game, like that random little tournament we were in where we play like middle Tennessee state, uh, lose all three of those games. If we hold on against grand Canyon, we don't lose to Idaho and we win maybe two of those three tournament games. Uh, the cats could be a 13 seed in my opinion. You got to perform better in the out of conference. If you want to rise above a 14. So we were right there on the cusp. So I think 14 was just fine. And I was excited to see us get Kansas state. Not because I think we could beat Kansas state, but it just seemed more attainable than some of the other ones. And as we'll get into, it was there for the taking for a little bit. At least it was there to be more competitive than it ended up being. See, a 13 seed seems to me like a more complete team than a 14 seed. And I don't know, it's just kind of splitting hairs right now, but Montana State's strength was clearly their defense. Where we kind of struggled and I'm in lacked was our offensive output. We really don't have prolific scores. Or let me see if I can say this a little bit differently. We don't have consistent scores. Get we got we have guys who can get streaky. But man, some like and we really try to get our defense, or, I mean our offense through the post. But I'm talking guys who can just knock down shots. I think that feels like more of a 12 seed, 13 seed, than 14 seed to me. Maybe, maybe. That's all gut feeling, but uh, I don't know. How about this, Thorny? Put it this way. The team that played at uh, Cheney in Cheney against Eastern, when we beat them, that would have been a 13 seed. I could see that, making the case for that that team. I think the ceiling was there, but you're right. It wasn't consistent enough. And I always wonder um, how big of injury that uh, Patrick McMahon ended up being, because I think he could have been a guy who could have gotten streaky when we needed to with the ability to score. We just didn't quite have that one extra guy that we needed. Even a bench player could come off and give you 12 points in like a, you know, and a half. We just didn't really have that this year. And we didn't have that in this game. This was a, this was a frustrating game to watch. And where do you want to start with this? I guess real quick, let's just go over the stats kind of like we normally do. Um, Montana State loses the first round game to Kansas State. 65 to 77, the cat shot. And when I say the cats, I of course mean us and not the other poorly named cats. <laughs> the cats shoot 46.3% where KSU shot 58.2. Three-pointers, six for 21 for Montana State. Kansas State, not a lot better. Uh, in fact, nope. worse, four for 15. So they shot 26.7 from deep. Both teams... Uh, not great from the free throw line, but I guess it actually got better. It was worse than I remembered, or it's better than I remembered for Kansas State. They were 9 for 12 for 75%. The Cats just 9 for 17, though, 52.9%. And that's one of the frustrating things about that, too, is like free throw shooting yeah. doesn't matter who you're playing. That's nothing to do story. with the opponent. You got to the line to shoot the ball 17 times, and you made just over half of them terrible. Uh, 
27 rebounds, so 29 for Kansas State. So the rebounding was pretty even. We held Kansas State to six, just six offensive rebounds. I was afraid we would get killed on the offensive boards. But I guess when our team is shooting 58% from the floor, there's not a ton of rebounds to be had. But rebounds are pretty even. Total rebounds, like I said, 27 to 29. Uh, nothing jumps out there. We had 14 assists. They had 21 assists. So they were getting the ball into their playmakers' hands. Uh, eight steals for us, nine for them. So pretty even in that regard. Three blocks apiece. 16 turnovers for the Cats. 14 for Kansas State. And uh, yeah, that's those are the main stats from the team's perspective. And you you can probably listen to that and kind of identify some of the problems that the Cats had that could have that could have gone better, that has gone better many times this season that would have made this game closer. Give us three more threes, five more makes from the stripe. I mean, we're talking a really different game, a really different yeah. game, right? A lot of those threes were open yep. looks too. So almost all of them State. were. Well, yeah. Yep. Those are open shots and free throws, open shots. You got to make those if you're going to win a game in the big dance. I thought Kansas State did a real good job at denying our passes inside. And that's how we run our offense is trying to get the ball down to Jabril or Great. And they just did such a great job of off-ball defense and just being able to help out when help was needed. And we weren't able to adjust for that. We didn't have an answer for that. I think maybe next year if Sprinkle stays around or however next year goes, that there needs to be an answer for that. There needs to be a secondary, okay, we're not being able to get it in. How do we, how do we run our offense when that's not there? I mean, I think you saw what we can do. I mean, we took the, we found out what they were doing and we got what we wanted from it. But yes, the problem is we can't hit them. So yes, yeah, Sprinkle needs to adjust, <laughs> I think, more on the personnel side than he does in like the schematic side or anything like that. Unless there's a, I don't know, I couldn't see anything, any, any other way to score. Like they had a guy posted up in front of either Bello or Osibor. Because they know that you couldn't lob it over the top of them because they had a guy just standing like a little sneaky ninja right behind him. Like every time. Yeah, they always so as soon as the help. ball was in the air to the center, there was a guy just attacking it, attacking in the air and batting it away. It happened yep. over and over. So those those lanes were were not there. And we couldn't really take too much advantage of that. I mean, that's what led to 21 th- three-pointers. We weren't necessarily down. It wasn't a situation where we were down by 20 and just started raining threes trying to catch back up. They were there all game. And we were taking them because they were the open shot. And we were moving the ball around and, and getting the open shot with some skip passes to some wide open guys, but just nobody could hit them unless your name was Raekwon Battle. It was a, it was painful. Fuller like missed his first one pretty badly. And he just like decided not to ever shoot nope, the ball. I'm done. <laughs> he, ended up, he took three shots all game long. Oh. Caleb Fuller, three shots, two points. Uh, Patterson missed his first one and then the second one and then his third one and his fourth one. Oh, for four for Tyler Patterson. He had a nice little pull up, <laughs> uh, jumper at the free throw line where he yeah, made a nice cut did, into the paint. He? Like that was a good cut. Like, why can't, like those are good plays right there. That's the other thing. See, that's if, what... if they're taking away the, the interior, you should be able to find at least some mid range jumpers. Like, is, is there no mid range game in Montana state? Like, I know that that's kind of a, yeah old style of basketball that people don't play anymore. You, you either dunk it or you shoot three pointers. That's like the only thing people do, but 
it had to be something else, but the shooting was just not there from anywhere. I mean, Darius Brown finally hit connected on a couple, but he ended up two for seven from downtown. And, uh, yeah, Gazelas actually hit one thing, you know, Gazelas came in, knocked one down. So kudos to him, but Ford was 0 for 2 and 0 for 4 from the field. He had one point on a free throw attempt. They weren't because Kansas State was, I mean, Kansas State was forcing us to take those. And I'm sure that was part of their plan, knowing that we're not a great three-point shooting team. But Kansas State wasn't like in your face contesting those three-pointers. So many of them were good looks. Like, I don't know. I don't know if I could really think of one, maybe at the end of a shot clock, that was a bad shot. Yeah, I don't know, man. It seems to me that we've made some kind of errand shots as well. Like, how many times did we on the cast get kind of frustrated with Darius Brown for, you know, on his on his drives, just dishing it out? And we're like, come on, man, just go up with that. At one point, you got to draw the contact. Yeah. Got to take it to the hole and finish instead of getting so close to finishing and then zipping it out for a three-point play that we would miss. That was kind of frustrating as well. It seemed like some of the cats were trying to make the extra pass. They were, I don't know about you, Ryan, but they looked a little nervous a little bit for, or a little uptight. They weren't playing loose. No, they weren't. They weren't playing for fun. They weren't playing like it's their last game and just go out there and give it your all. I don't remember who it was. It may have been Fuller on a very specific drive where he got to the paint the, the Kansas State big just decided to like just let him have it. And he just like threw it back to somebody. And I actually think he threw it back to Brown, who hit a three-pointer. So it ended up remember we were like, oh well, never mind. I guess it worked. But like that happened yeah. a couple times, like you said, where a guy, a player got to the to the rim or close to the rim and just passed it off. And it didn't even look like it was going to be all that contested at the rim. No. And it was just a little perplexing. Like nobody wanted to be the guy except for Battle. Battle was the dude. We didn't even talk about oh, battle man. really. 27 points, nine of 17 shooting in 33 minutes because he had to sit like the last eight minutes of the first half. And I do want to ask you, do you agree with sitting him for that long in that part of the game? But anyway, he also f- finished with three rebounds, a steal, and yeah, 27 points. So good game by battle. He showed out. And if you go on Twitter and read about it, Kansas State fans are clamoring for him to come play in Manhattan next year. They want him on the team. They're impressed with him. Like, come play for Kansas State. Come come play with our program. <laughs> but um, he was the only reason that the Bobcats were in this game because no one else rose to the occasion. No, taking him out eight minutes to till half. I think uh, either Victor Flores or some, maybe it was Parker Cotton, who asked Coach Sprinkle about that in the press conference thereafter. Sprinkle was quick to say, hey, we went on a run when we pulled Raekwon out. I'm looking at the game cast, though. We were pretty flat. We went on big scoring drought. Remember that right before halftime? It's almost about, well, it looks like about six, seven minutes in there where we had minimal scoring, but they didn't score much at all during that time either. We couldn't get a, we were getting stops on the, on both ends, but we weren't scoring. So I don't know. It's tough. You know, you you don't want to sacrifice your best player for the second half, but sitting in for eight minutes, closing the half when he's your hottest player. I remember you asking me, he's like, man, does that just cool him off? 
but then Raekwon came out and hit like two shots right away, right out of halftime. So we we're like, well, I guess that was answered. He he still got it. But that's you know that was one thing we kind of took our took our best player off the floor. So Raekwon Battle got his second foul. 618 left in the game. It was 23 to 27 at that point. So we were down by four and we ended 28 34 at halftime. <laughs> I don't know what uh, run necessarily Sprinkle's talking about. We got to 25 to 28, then it was 25 30, then it was 25 32, and then it was 25 34, and then it was yeah, 27 we at 30. 25. Yeah. What happened that, after that? was a long for the Bobcats. Uh, let's see. We had Montana State defensive rebound, Tyler Passion, Tyler, Tyler Patterson, missed three-point jumper, Robert Ford, the third steal, Darius Brown, missed three-pointer, Jabril Bello, missed free throw. <laughs> Jabril Bello, missed free throw. <laughs> Darius Brown, missed layup. Yeah. Great Osibor turnover. So those were like the next two <laughs> minutes after battle was taken out. We didn't score... Solid. A point. <laughs> we didn't score a point. We missed some free throws. We missed a layup. We missed two three-pointers. We turned the ball over. We, there you go. Great Osibor made jumper at 334. So that was almost three minutes after battle was taken out before we scored another point. Yeah. That went from 23 to We don't 25. go scoreless for three minutes of battles in the game. I know. That's tough, man. That's really tough. And just to see Bello struggle from the line. That was tough. Yeah, I mean, he, he's been prone to that, but it's just like he can hit them, and he had been hitting them recently. You know, Thorny, like, to be honest, though, like, were you expecting the Cats to win this game? I know you weren't. We, te- we I mean, texted each other. You were seeing, like, uh, you said, like, like a 12% chance, and I was, like, at 17% chance or something. So we were pretty low. I mean, not even, like, course. one out of five, but, like, in the heat of the moment... It just you believe, right? We're not well, yeah, fans always and going a, like, "Oh, we're going to go lose say. this game." Let's exactly. That's yeah. it, tough. My analytical brain before the game starts, of course, I'm like, you know, this is going to be a tough game. But then you get into it and you start playing basketball, and you're like, "Well, we're making shots. This is like a four point game. Why can't we win this game?" And you start like to get sure. the hope. But in reality, it's it's funny. It's it's the weirdest. Uh, thing in sports when you predict a loss and then you go in and you see the loss and you're mad about losing but <laughs> you yeah. totally thought you were going to lose so it's it's just a weird sports thing it's a very weird sports thing <laughs> it's like i knew i was gonna lose i kind of knew it was up for us when marquise noel hit that fallback three-pointer that was just the moonshot. <sighs> And every time we hit a tray or a bucket, they came back and answered. We couldn't get a stop. They yeah. just hit so many sh- shots there. And for a while, no, it felt like in the second half, they were just throwing things at the at the rim and everything was going down. Like, well, yeah. all right. <laughs> if it's going to be like that, the way the Cats played in the second half, I mean, we only lost the second half by... They scored 43, we scored 37, so six points. But it felt like the Cats, the Wildcats, excuse me, dominated us in the second half. And it was just because it was just, it felt like a slow, inevitable, inevitable loss. And you're just like, man, it was just really frustrating. 
It was all coming to the It was a weird was game. It was. It was weird. Like, you felt like, at points, you're like, how are we not getting blown out by more? And then at other points, you're like, well, if we just hit two of our two more of our three-pointers, we're, like, tied. <laughs> it's like, yeah. It was a really weird game to, like, gauge the flow of for the Cats. I mean, the second half, we never got too close. I think we got it to... Do we ever even get it to four? We might, we may have got I think it to we did. at one point. Yeah, I think we did. Um, and there was a point where maybe, maybe it was six, or maybe it was even somewhere right around there. But when Bello missed that layup, that <laughs> wide open layup, he got the ball down there and just went up and just doinked it too hard off the square onto the other side of the rim and it bounced <laughs> off. And I'm sitting there thinking like, why didn't he dunk that? Yeah. yeah. Like that's what gets that's Bello. what gets Bello like the uh, the Hulk like an angry dunk nothing to get Bello going like a dunk man and he had a wide open dunk and he chose to lay it up and after spinning talking about the press conference about like the the aggressor wins the games it was tough it was tough to see the him like go out like that he's such an awesome Bobcat one of the best to ever do it and he just kind of you know just didn't have a great game but he wasn't the only one. Obviously, the only one who really had a great game was was Battle. A couple of other guys had okay games, but it was tough. That lay, that layup was a backbreaker. That missed layup. I was like, oh well, done that. Just about sum it up. <laughs> oh, yeah, painful. There's a little bit of a microcosm for the game. I think Coach Sprinkle talked about that a little bit in his presser afterwards. He's like, yeah, this game kind of felt like a microcosm of our season. And it was. It's a defensive struggle with it was. Some scoring droughts in there, and uh, he's right. Thorny, um, what does Montana State need to do in order to take the next step? Right now, I feel like, I mean, it's it seems like you're a shooter away, right? Mm-hmm. Like one more guy who can come in and knock him down, and this isn't this isn't like what we do on this podcast. But I feel like we need an upgrade from Tyler Patterson. And I like Tyler Patterson. Like, there's no reason not to like Tyler Patterson. But we need someone who can consistently knock down shots. And his defense was, I thought he was a pretty good defender in in the biggest guy I played. But he got taken to school a little bit by Kansas State. He got kind of picked on a little bit. And he couldn't make his jump shots on top of that, his long-range shots. So I think Patterson's a guy who if he could come in and just focus on shooting and not have to focus on being a lockdown defender all game, like just that's where he could spend his energy getting streaky, getting hot, and then just go back onto the bench. I think that might be a better role for him. Um, If we could get someone who could come in and kind of be that every down, every down, I'm so football focused, like (laughs) more of a, you know, all around player can come in and knock down some shots more, more than Patterson was able to this year. Cause he kind of took a step back in the, you know, in the, in the shooting department from deep, we just need, so we need, maybe it's not an upgrade from Tyler Patterson. We just need someone else who can knock, knock in some shots and who's not afraid to take the shot. I guess we need someone who's like a little bit of a selfish, a little bit of a selfish offensive player. Yeah. Heard good things. Jed Miller is a guy that uh, keeps popping up as far as like a name here for who can shoot the ball. Patrick McMahon. I mean, we didn't get to see him. Yeah. Um, I've I've been no, waiting to see, there. you know, Alex Germer to see what kind of he was a prolific scorer in high school. 
six eight. He's got all the length, man. He could be that guy, right? He could be your replacement who who could uh, knock down some shots. But yeah, I think you're right. I like your assessment. I think I think we're a a, a, shoot, a shooter away. I'm going to say something that I, I this might be completely false on on me because maybe I'm just an untrained eye, but I'm not a huge fan of our offense. I really am not. I think uh, I think it's kind of predictable, and I know we're trying to run everything through the high post, but um, I would like to see more slashing in our offense. That's just my personal opinion. I, I like to see some more slashing and some more some more dynamic guard play. I don't see why if if we if uh, we get it to the Bello or Osibor. And they're double teamed. Like, why aren't guys cutting to the basket? Like, I don't know. Maybe, maybe Bello and Osborne just aren't good passers, and that's demonstrated in pa- practice and uh, sprinkling those best. It just seems like there's plenty of opportunities for guys to cut. If if, if yeah. we have guys who can consistently draw two players away from the rim, why aren't the other players going to the rim every once in a while? We didn't see too much of that. We didn't get a whole lot of easy buckets from that kind of action. We'd get easy buckets from like, you know, Brown was able to beat some guys off the dribble once in a while and lay it in pretty easily. Or we would lob it over a six, seven big sky forwards head and Bella would catch it and then dunk it. But other yeah. than that, scoring kind of came hard for the Bobcats. It did. You're right. You know, we're going to miss guys like Bello, but you know, I think great's going to be great's already a better scorer than Bella does. He has more refined skills around, around the rim. Looking at the thing forward, yeah, it's, he's gone. But if we could retain everybody, that's the biggest question. Like, are these guys coming back? I guess sure. that, the, the, that's the that's the question that looms in the hearts of all the Bobcats right now. Is Danny Sprinkle going to stay around? And, you know, you talked to me yesterday. Your guy, you kind of said, like, something like, got to strike where the, the iron's hot. Like, if, if uh, people come calling for Sprinkle, and they will, you know, who could argue, who could like blame him right now for, um, you know, moving on if he has the chance in when he speaks and who knows if that's always going to be there, but in the back of my head a little bit, you know, selfishly as a Bobcat fan, I think Danny Sprinkle has a real, a real possibility to build this Montana state team into a real mid major, like a real good mid-major Montana state is priming themselves. Like you said, they're positioning themselves in such a way to kind of explode. Like if he stays and let's say we go mountain West or division one, not division one, we're already division one, but we go into a bigger conference, get more money, TV deal, blah, blah, blah. You know, we can afford better salaries. Everybody's happy now. Montana state could become a really rich basketball school. And so it's just kind of I, right now, I think Ryan, like, and I want kind of transition to this, like the whole sprinkle talk. Like, do you think he's built enough? Like if he was to leave tomorrow, let's say he gets hired on, does this continue or do we take a big step back? I I think we'd take a big step back. Yeah, me too. In the short term. I think a lot uh-huh. of guys will leave. I, I think I don't know if battle would follow Sprinkle. I don't know the transfer rules enough. He used like his, I've heard, heard people say he used his one-time transfer rule to already go to the to the Cats, but I thought guys could just transfer whenever, wherever. So I don't fully understand that. I think battle would I think Bozeman's a, 
Oh, I think it's a really good fit for for battle here because his he his Native American heritage is so important to him, and it's and it's such a big part of the Montana State campus and, and Bozeman, and they have that relatively new like Native American Studies Center, which I saw like at Cat Grizz. It's a really nice looking facility. Um, I think it's really important to him, so I think you'd have to go somewhere where they you know that's also a part of the culture of the campus, and that's not going to be a lot of places. So sure. I think I think. That might keep battle in Bozeman. Uh, it'd be hard not to follow Sprinkle if he ends up somewhere, a big time program. I like, I don't know, in the Pac-12 or something like that. I think battle <laughs> would would likely follow him. Um, that it's such a good point to think about. Is there a carrot dangling right now from like Leon Costello to the rest of the various, you know, head coaches of a potential FBS new conference alignment. Yeah. Cause you could sit there and say like Sprinkle can, you know, talk about like, Hey, I've, you know, I'm, I'll be honest with you, Leon, I'm talking to this program, this program, they're, they're interested in me, whatever, you know, but if we're going to potentially get an invite to the mountain West in a year or two, three, four, does Sprinkle stick around? Because the big, the, uh, you know, mountain West did not fare very well in the tournament this year, but they had what four, three or four teams in the tournament. I mean, if 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 somehow we get into uh, at least a Mountain West level type conference, that changes everything. It certainly does. People always talk about football, football, football when you're moving up. Basketball <laughs> is basketball. huge. The Big Sky yeah. Conference is a bad basketball conference. <laughs> it is. There's so many better ones, and there there's a lot of them even in the West that are better basketball conferences than the big sky. Yeah. It's just, I mean, my thought today as I was driving home just comes back to this. Montana State's at a really interesting crossroads right now. Like I think if Sprinkle decided to stay and invest his time here, knowing full term, like let's say, like you said, uh, if Costello has some inside information, say, hey guys, we're, we're pushing for this. This is the, this is the five-year plan for us right now. We're going to be here. We're here right now, but we're going there. Montana okay. State has right now the makings of like an infantile mid-major program that could be really, really solid. Like a perennial, you know, 12, 11, 10 seed if we continue yeah. building this. But we don't have that. I don't know if it's, it's not the culture. We just don't have the con- continued success that just breeds that right now. No. We don't have the, the cupboards aren't that full. We have a guy like Raekwon Battle who can play at any any place in the United States. I would argue Great Osborne is probably a player who could play probably anywhere right now. But we need at least two to three more guys like that. It's just like that. I mean, you see it when we play these big-time programs. We we have two to three studs that we got to rely on, but they got six to seven studs that they're going to throw at us. So it's just a little bit of a body type thing that we got to build up, you know, put some more pounds on our guys, get some bigger length, but we also get, we just need some better dudes and Montana state continuing to go into the big sky conference and winning and going to the national dance. And then, you know, having this awesome coach, that's just a magnet for those type of players to come. So if sprinkle leaves, I think you're right. Thorny, we take a step back, go on a national hire, who knows, maybe higher within the tree, but we'll cross that road when we get there. But uh, Montana State could be at a 
really good place right now, but uh, it's kind of a crossroad. You take one path this way and the other path the other way, two different stories. Yeah. Maybe if Sprinkle's still here in two years, you start to think like, is he here because we're getting closer to an invite? <laughs> is that why he's still sticking around? Or is it like around? Travis DeCure stuff where he was like so hot for like a couple years and then like now he's just like, well, eh, it's Travis DeCure. You know, you're like, well, maybe that ship passed or something. I don't know. You never want to get stale. No, the, the, no, the, the Grizz fans will tell you that, that I talked to. Like, they're like, take take a job if it comes. Don't be like Travis DeCure who had some opportunities I think he passed on back when the Grizz were going dancing or in the Big Sky Conference Championship game every year. And now they've lost that edge. And now he's just a top five, four, top top three or four coach in a Big Sky Conference currently. And that doesn't mean they won't get better again. I'm not trying to be yeah. – I'm not trying to be a hater right now, Grizz fans. But, you know, the, the Grizz aren't at the top program right now. And no one's no one's poaching the – the number three, four coach in the Big Sky Conference. <laughs> That's a good point. So, not to be a head coach, anyway. Doesn't mean he couldn't go be an assistant coach somewhere, then work his way back up to head coach at like a better program. But yeah, uh, the thing, the thing when I when I say that I think the Cats would take a step back is so many of those like the Grizz are a great example of this. Is and this is where I'll give them a lot of credit. The coaching tree in Missoula is incredible. They just have guys that are assistant coaches. So when that coach goes on, the assistant coach comes in and then he's the stud and then he goes on and so on and so forth. I'm not sure there's anyone on the staff right now at Montana State. I know Chris Haslam is a name that people will bring up a lot. And then uh, is it Andy Hill, the guy we have, like the first year guy? Something Hill. I don't entirely know the staff. But we just don't have that established tree yet. And then maybe one of those guys gets the job and then that is the beginning of it. But we just don't have the obvious candidate to me, if Sprinkle goes like, Oh, it's okay. We got this guy. Like, it just doesn't feel like we have that here at Montana state. Even, even Eastern Washington has had that in spades. They just have coach yeah, after coach point. over there. Yeah. It's tough, man. Money speaks. I mean, Danny, Danny Sprinkle could go, could go make generational money here in the next year and can't fault him for that. But, uh, until then, Montana State Collective is going to hold their breath and kind of hold on, you know, on hope. Yep. And that's and that's just a – unfortunately, that's for everything. It's for football. It's for any type of success, successful programs that Montana State has. With the rising cost of Bozeman and just – it is what it is. So It is. Uh, I was pretty excited last year when Xavier Bishop and Mohammed and uh, – Amandamu all decided to come back. That yeah. was pretty cool. That was special. They, they decided to that run it back special. together. So maybe some of these guys will decide to run it back. I don't know. Montana State hasn't been hit as brutally hard by the transfer portal. I know it. Well, you'll go right to Isaiah Fonze on this, but it hasn't been as bad as some <laughs> other programs. And we'll see. We'll see if that trend continues. Montana State's had better luck retaining players than some other programs in pretty much all sports. But eventually, you know, someone throws enough money at a couple of your players and. You're toast. And so here, here's to hoping right, that the main core comes back. We can find a few pieces in, in the portal, ironically. And if we need them, if maybe they're on the roster already and we just don't know about it yet, we don't, we're not privy to that stuff, but I'm excited, man. Like there's going to be a lot of returning talent next year. If everything comes back the way it is, sprinkle comes back. Like there's no reason that 
the next year's version of the Bobcats can't be competing for another Big Sky Conference championship and another trip to the Big Dance. Yeah. Could be even better than we are this year. And that's scary to think. Yeah, in some ways. I thought we did, I mean, in kind of some summation thoughts. I thought we did better at the point this year. I, I loved watching Darius Brown. Robert Ford was such a really good lockdown defender towards the end of the year. That guy came on. Caleb Fuller is just in there in the mix and really such a good defender as well. Um, I'd, I'd love to see a little bit more Nick Gazalis. You know, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing Jed Miller and Patrick McMahon and Alex Germer coming up. And, you know, I just, when Sprinkle got hired, Thorny, one of the thoughts I remember him saying was, because I'm never going to get mad at a, at a player for shooting. As long as they look at me, then I won't pull them out. And sometimes, and I don't know if you said it or something, but Sprinkle is Sprinkle letting these guys just shoot. Is he is he micromanaging him during the game? What what's your what's your thought on that? Well, I think I think what I said was like, and I think I was just echoing something somebody said on Bobcat Nation. Like Sprinkle just needs, needs to let his athletes go out there and just make plays. Because <laughs> mm. sometimes yeah. it feels like you have to go into the box that Sprinkle has created like the system and you have to play within those constraints. Especially sometimes when you're down 10 points with five minutes left, you know, get out of your game plan. Just get out of your comfort zone. Just give it to your best ball player and let him try and win the game or something like that. Like there's a, there's certain strategies you can take. And I don't know. I just, that's what I think somebody was saying. And I could totally agree with that. Sometimes it just feels like that we are sometimes just, forcing like a square peg into a round hole in some ways. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I'm think I'm good, dude. Unless you need some other uh, thoughts on, on this game or this no, season. I think we got everything out on this one. Probably a bit rambling, getting back into the groove of the podcast. And then of course we won't podcast for a while, probably because there won't be a whole lot to talk about. Maybe a spring episode about football. And if we just if the spring game is on uh, any sort of way, we can do a watch party. We could do that. But other than that, I think we're gonna be uh, taking our taking our break here, taking our annual R and R kind of kind of break we that we do every year when there's yeah. not much else to talk about. Well, That's all right. Well, point. thanks everyone for listening. All wait, what? That's good. I thought you said something. I thought you had one more last thing to say. All right. Well, thanks. <laughs> thanks everyone for listening all year. Thanks everyone for uh, joining us on the couple watch parties that we did. That was pretty fun. Thanks for following us along on Twitter and Bobcat nation and interacting with us in all, all the various platforms. We really appreciate it. Uh, it makes the doing the podcast a lot more fun knowing that there's so many people out there who uh, appear to be enjoying the podcast and at least <laughs> appear to be. Uh, you can always find us on Twitter, our, our catcast, <laughs> bobcatnation.com. We're pretty active on there. And uh, Facebook, Instagram, our, our catcast, pretty much everywhere you'd want to go. So thanks again to our sponsor, um, Manhattan Bank, on that one. So let's get out here, man, for the last time on this annual, on this uh, athletic calendar year, I guess. Go Cats. Go Cats. Go Cats. Go Cats.